0: Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. She acts, she dances, she directs, she choreographs, she teaches. She is one talented creative woman, and the she is Jennifer Foote. Jennifer's list of credits is long, which we'll go into detail shortly, but for introduction purposes, here goes. On Broadway, Jennifer's been in the Tony Award winning revival of Hello Dolly, There's She Loves Me, Holiday Inn. On the 20th Century, The Mystery of Edwin Drood, Follies, Rock of Ages, A Chorus Line, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Dracula, and Annie Get Your Gun. She's appeared at Goodspeed Opera House, Yale Rep, The Old Globe, The Kennedy Center, and she spent two years as a Radio City Rockette. Jennifer's associate director choreography credits include the first national tour of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, Sweeney Todd, The Cradle Will Rock, and Hugh Jackman, Broadway to Oz. She's taught master classes in vocal performance, scene study, and dance. And in her words, Jennifer is a proud graduate of the University of California at Irvine. So let's welcome Jennifer Foote, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. All right, Jennifer, let's go back. Did you always want to perform?
1: I did. My parents started me in dance class when I was about four years old, I think because I was incredibly shy. I was a really shy little kid and so they put me in there just to get me acclimated to the world and you know try and boost my self-esteem and I took to it and I started dancing right away and I My parents put me in musical theater, sort of children's summer camps and things like that, and it just, I fell right into place, and I started doing it pretty much nonstop from a very, very young age. But they could have signed you up for soccer. They did that as well. (laughs) I was also involved (laughs) in soccer and many other things, and took to those things as well. But theater and dance just became more and more of a priority. And at some point, around the age of probably 12 or 13, I had to make more of a decision of really focusing in one direction or the other because um, my theater and dance training started really taking off and I became in, you know, highly specialized mm-hmm. training and traveling. I'm from uh, Sacramento, California, and my parents would travel me to San Francisco daily in the summers to go study with the San Francisco Ballet and things like that. So it became really a focused training when I was young. How
0: young were you when it became clear that you were so not barking up the wrong tree?
1: In a way, maybe always, maybe as young as ten, eleven, twelve, when I was starting to work in the professional theaters that were there, meaning getting paid, you know, a hundred dollars or mm-hmm, something like that—not mm-hmm. so like, school plays, yeah, beyond school yeah, doing, plays, obviously, doing re- and recitals, yeah, doing you know significant regional theater in my area. So in a way, it makes perfect sense that I would have been doing this that long. In another way, I didn't think of it as more than a hobby, you know, up until senior year of high school and deciding, oh, I guess I could go major in this in college. And mm-hmm. I didn't think of it as a real thing. I always thought of it as, as... a career? Yeah. I never thought of it that way. I thought of it as something I love to do, and that's about it. And education and school was incredibly important to my parents, and so I was also very involved academically in school and sort of striving in that way. So I felt like I actually had a lot of options, and so I, I never thought that this could be an actual career path. It didn't occur to me until a little bit later on. So when you got to college what were you going to study? I ended up studying dance and drama and musical theater. So it was a natural act for you. Mm -hmm. Uh But again, felt like I'm just sort of getting away with this as as I can't believe I get to go to school for this or I can't believe that I'm actually getting a few jobs here and there and getting paid for this. And even moving to New York, you know, wanting to do this, you know, seriously, but also feeling like, I don't know, maybe I'll get a year out of it. Maybe I'll get two years because it never seems like a, a job that can sustain you. It's such a it's such a tough road ahead of you. So you, you never know if it's going to last or not.
0: But weren't you encouraged to do this?
1: Definitely. I mean, I had a lot of success growing up as a child, a lot of success. And my group of friends, we all met in a certain dance studio and certain dance classes. And we became a family of friends. And they were all incredibly talented as well. I was not the most talented of my friends by mm-hmm. any means. And so we were in a pool of people all kind of doing the same thing, all wanting the same thing. So we were encouraged in that way and You could see our successes in that way, but it seemed just... One of the pack. And so you never know. I always felt like one of us may get up, you know, have a role on Broadway. One of right. us might be on TV. And the truth is, all of us were successful. Really? Yeah, we're a very unique group of friends that every one of us had some success in a different way or, or another in, in the field that we wanted to pursue. I'm still
0: kind of taken by the
1: fact that your parents thought, let's put her in this direction
0: because she's a little on the shy side, where it could have been really, they could have given you piano lessons.
1: It's true. Yeah, it's very true. I'm so thankful. I'm such a fan of theater and musical theater and have been since I was a little kid and would spend every night just listening to show tunes at night, trying to educate myself about new musicals. I'd go to Tower Records in my hometown and just buy the latest this is cassette era. Yeah. Um, I'd buy the <laughs> latest cassette tape of a cast album and educate myself, something I'd never heard of. And I would try and understand, oh, that's the same composer that did this. Oh, that's that same actor that did this. And I would, I just became obsessed with musical theater and still am to this day. You couldn't do anything but this. Truly. Yeah.
0: So it's time to leave California. Your decision?
1: Uh yes. I've I always wanted to live in New York. I am a huge fan of movies that take place in New York and have such a romanticized view of New York City. Mm -hmm. Always have since I was very young. Always Had you ever been? I visited New York in fifth grade. I was doing a school competition, an academic competition that we'd sort of won these national competition and we had a day trip to New York. From California? The competition was in Maryland (laughs) and so we drove and my parents drove me here to New York in fifth grade and we spent a day and we did everything. <laughs> I took a carriage ride and we saw, you know, we, we did everything, all the tourist stops all in a day and saw a Broadway show, which was A Chorus Line. It's surprising I don't remember it more because I I was 11. I'm surprised I don't remember the details of it more, but I, I don't. I remember sort of the general experience, experience. of it. Mm-hmm. And I sort of can picture where I was sitting and in the Schubert Theater. And so I'd been to New York in that way. And it was Wonderful. My love of New York is from movies, I think is how I loved it. And knowing that Broadway was here and picturing what that meant and um, just wanting to have a taste of that actor life. And so I went to college, California. And then the minute I graduated knew next two months, I'm going to go do summer stock somewhere and then I'll move directly to New York and did had, you know, three suitcases and just moved here. And again, those Friends of mine I mentioned before that were all in the same pool, they, most of them had already moved here. So a couple of them were here ahead of me. So
0: you didn't do this completely cold.
1: No. So I was really thankful and lucky that I had, there were probably five of us here by then who had been here maybe a year or two before me who were doing well. Two of them were in two different Broadway shows at the time. And so I've had a a safety net of friends, let alone a couple of little nibbles of career Help. You know, maybe they could open a door or two for me or, or things like that. What year was that? That was 2000. Right when I first moved here, I was subletting some room in an apartment, and a, another friend of mine had just moved here and she was a coat check girl at a restaurant. She was going to get me a job, my first job. I, di- I didn't know how to be in the in that world, so she got me a co check job, and I did that as I went auditions for about two months, and then I was very, very lucky, and that right away got a big job. Just Wait, from you had to have an agent though, didn't you? I did not have an agent. Oh, I had an equity card at, where I'm in a union mm-hmm. an actors equity, and I had that before moving here, which was gave me a way in, which is a great thing. Didn't have an agent. Had a couple, you know, as I said, a couple of connections of friends, and went to an open call dance call for a replacement on the national tour of Annie Get Your Gun, which Annie Get Your Gun was running on Broadway at the time. And the national tour was being launched. And that was a huge job for me. That was sort of my, at that time, I thought my goal was, I didn't even say my goal was to be on Broadway because that seemed too far-fetched. Yeah. And I didn't want to fail probably. So I thought I want to be in a national tour. And also I'd grown up, um, seeing all the national tours come from my hometown, and that seemed like the fanciest, greatest thing I could think of. Just being some ensemble member in the back and just knowing that, that was, you were making your life on tour in this great show. And so that was my dream. And so getting that right away was unbelievable and feeling like, okay, I did it, you know, and that way I did it. But that was in dance. So- well, yes, in that I went to a dance audition, but musical theater right now and then, you have to dance and sing and act. It's all the same. It's kind of all one and the same. And my skills are actually kind of even. around. So around if this. someone were to describe you, I was right. You do all these specialties. I have gotten a lot of work. Do you sing too? Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. So okay. I've gotten a lot of work sometimes starting at a dance call, you know, but – that gets you through a couple of rounds, and yeah. then it's the singing. And and truly, my skills—I would say—I mean, someone could say this better about me than me myself. But I would say that the reason what's made me successful for me is that I am equally skilled in those things. Uh-huh. I am not the best dancer in the room by far, mm-hmm. but I am a great singer and a, and can you can act, do it all. And so I can do them all enough. Basically, is uh-huh. the truth. I'm not the best mm-hmm. of any one field at all. I can do them well together. So after that
0: national tour. And you came back to New York City. Is that what launched you onto being on, on Broadway? Well,
1: after that national tour it closed, and they asked a few of us to come in to audition for the Broadway company, just a handful of us. And I did that, and you know, just for future replacements, didn't hear anything. And then kind of didn't know what to do. It was I'm unemployed in yeah. New York City. Yeah, and really. And it was kind of my first time of knowing what that is. And so I was about to go do a regional show somewhere in Pennsylvania and kind of didn't really feel like going didn't want to leave town I wasn't thrilled about the show but still a job is a job and I'll take anything and somebody had kind of been offered to me because someone dropped out or something like that and I'm on the train ride there and I get a call from a 212 number which actors <laughs> always think oh that must be Broadway calling it really is <laughs> but that's what we think and it was the Broadway company of Annie Get Your Gun asking if I could start the next day. And so I arrived in Pennsylvania at this new job, went directly to the producer and said, "I have to go. Thank you for this opportunity. I have to go home. You know, mm-hmm. this is my chance." And that was it. And I got this call to join that company, and that—I mean—I'll never forget that feeling. And being—and it was so ironic. I was in this strange theater that I had just arrived in, and thinking all those vibrations in your body, feeling like, "Oh my god, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is happening." And if I never do another thing in my life, I'll have achieved. How incredible to! Have I could die tomorrow. That. Yeah, yeah. Truly feeling mm-hmm. like I'm so so thankful and so lucky to have had that for a second, you know, even a moment. And how long was that run for you? That run lasted about six weeks. It closed as soon as I got there.
0: You're kidding? Yeah,
1: that show had run on Broadway for about two and a half years, but it was the end of that okay. time. And frankly, as can remember sort of being sad about it, but that seemed okay to me. It felt like I just did six weeks in a Broadway show. Right, and like, you, did, you didn't force it to
0: close. <laughs> yeah,
1: fantastic. You know, I was got to be on Broadway for six weeks. And, and now it was I incredible. add this to my resume. Yeah, and it felt like all the doors in the world were open, you know. So it was great. I kind of didn't know. I was naive to even understand, oh, that just means you're back to zero. You know, I just sort of felt like... Because truly, when every show closes, you are back to zero is how it feels.
0: Except for the fact that you have the validation of having been in something. And now I know that that's easy for me to say, but that's just – I have that under my belt. And yes. that gives you a different sense of street cred.
1: It does. It does, yes. But it also – you're still right back there auditioning with another several hundred people for two more you know, two more right. slots in a show. Right. It really it – yes, my resume had begun, but – doesn't mean a whole lot, you know. It's you're so take really us on you.
0: your theatrical journey after Annie gets your gun.
1: After that, I did a lot of regional theater. Some, you know, some exciting things, some not. I was. That's when I was a Rockette for two years. Oh yeah, let's not just gloss over that. How did well, that happen? Well, I do gloss over it because it was. I mean. Radio City, Rockettes, they're wonderful. For me, it was not my favorite fit of a job. In my experience, and I know everyone's had a different experience, and the show has evolved since then. Uh However, for me, it felt very just Mm dance-centric. And you have to—I mean, the reason they're amazing is because they are precision dancers. And it's drilled into you. It's very strenuous and very hard. And— there's really no place for you to be an individual. That's the antithesis of that job. You're supposed right. to look like those right. 36 girls. We can't girls, pick you out. in the, Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's everything that doesn't feel good to me. I want to do my own thing, and I want to sing, and I want to think and have a perspective as an actor when I'm dancing. So that felt artistically not as fulfilling to me personally, but an, an amazing job. And, you know, I've joked with friends at the time. If you told someone, if I told like my grandparents or yeah. something, I'm in a Broadway show. <laughs> oh, good for yeah, you! That's, that's great, nice, Jennifer. I'm a Rockette. I mean, the room went crazy. You would have thought it was the greatest thing. You, you died someone and went to yeah, you tell someone that on an airplane. If you're a Rockette, that's the greatest thing ever. Broadway. Oh, that's cool. You know, no one knows what that is. So it's ironic that that was a really celebrated part of my journey, not my favorite. However, Radio City does the Christmas show every year, which we know. They also sometimes do other specialty shows at Radio City Music Hall or at Lincoln Center where they'll employ the Rockettes as the dancers in the show. I don't know if they still do that. They did at the time. And uh, there was a new show that was going to be done called Sinatra. And it was at Radio City Music Hall. And it was directed by Des Makanoff, who's a very established Broadway director, choreographed by Casey Nikola, responsible now for Spamalot and Book of Mormon. And he has a huge career. At the time, it was his first choreography job. You know, John Pizzarelli was going to Sing Sinatra music. It was this huge, extravagant production at Radio City. And they asked the Rockettes from all companies, there's tons of Rockettes, to audition. So I auditioned. And again, because of my musical theater background, that's not just dance background, I got that job and was, in there were probably like 20 of us or 30 of us who got it, and was very celebrated in that job. I had like a singing sort of feature in it. and. Des, the director, and Casey were so wonderful to me, and sort of plucked me out. There are only a few of us that were sort of musical theater heavy in that the versatility part. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. so they really took to, Des in particular, really you know nurtured me and was really supportive, and did that show which was so incredible. I'm a Sinatra fan, and it was just an incredible, incredible show. That show lasted two weeks. It was you know a Six month, six week uh, rehearsal period, but the show itself was two weeks on a uh, radio. City. I have to
0: assume it was an SRO experience, right? Yeah,
1: it was. It was incredible. It was really incredible. And soon after, maybe a month or two after that show, another Broadway show, Dracula, Des was directing, and so had me come to this. I went to the open call, and he of course remembered me and cast me. And so I always think. Radio City wasn't my, I would say it's not my favorite job. Thank goodness I did it. The doors that were open for you. Yeah, it connected me to Dracula, which was my second Broadway show, which I feel like I sort of had the first part of my career, which was I got this Andy Get Your Gone on my own. Then I had two years in between for my next Broadway show. And Dracula opened the door to your second, some people say your second Broadway show opens the door. Now you're in the club. Uh, Everyone can get one, not everyone. A lot of people can get one Broadway show. It's about keeping those connections and can you, can you keep going? Mm-hmm. Was that a fluke? Can mm-hmm. you keep going? Right, right, right. And this sort of felt like, at least someone told me that, and so I put it in my head, oh, I'm in the club now. And from Dracula on, things just sort of snowballed, and I had worked pretty consistently on Broadway since then. You needed to have an agent, right? I still did not have an agent. It's funny, when I, I teach a lot now, and when I'm talking to students now, I do think in our world, right this moment on Broadway, it is better to have an agent. A lot of calls or agent calls, and... I can't imagine going to an open call and getting that job, but that's what I used to do. And I did—I got three Broadway shows from going to open calls without an agent and getting them. And that's a rare thing. I don't know if that's still doable or not, but for me, it was at the time. So I did three Broadway shows without an agent.
0: I don't want to dwell on the Rockettes, but I do have one question about it. That's not, in a sense, a full-time job because it's holiday-centric. It's seasonal. It's, it's se- yeah. oh, seasonal. That's the word um
1: it for. It's seasonal, that your work is seasonal. Rockettes are able, some of those girls are able to make that their full-time job. They are a lot of perks. If you're one of their favorite Rockettes or you're doing your well for them, there are lots of little, like this Sinatra shop job mm-hmm. I had, they have some jobs that can sustain you and you make a tremendous amount of money during the holiday season. You can kind of sustain a career as being a full-time rockette. I didn't do that, but people can. And they the rockettes take very good care of you as well. They pay for your training throughout the year. They There are a lot of perks. They really take care of them. But so, you work your ass off. Oh, it is so much work. Yeah. So much work. I mean, work. so it's a bit of a trade-off. I For me, it,
0: yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then what happens after Dracula?
1: Uh, soon after, I did Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which again was at an open call.
0: But each one of these did not necessarily Employ all your talents, or did they?
1: Yeah, they do. Just being in a Broadway on musical theater ensemble, you're using all of those. You know, if I go teach a dance class, the first thing I'll say as I start teaching is, I'll say, "This is like a mock audition class for Broadway. You want to be on Broadway? You have to dance, you have to sing, you have to act. Which is the most important?" And there's, we're starting a dance class. Many students will say, "Dance," you know. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, acting is the most important. I would think. If you are not acting at all, if you are not thinking like an actor, the minute you are dancing on stage or just singing in the, that's the whole thing. Of course. So you can't be on stage without doing all of them so in that way, they do. That that is all, everything I do. You know, in in those ways. I'm assuming that people just
0: don't realize that that it's not so much the moves. Yeah. You know, it's the character. It's everything. I and...
1: think that people don't realize that. But when you really, if they, if you probe someone and say, well, "What is it you liked about that person on stage? What was it?" You start realizing, oh, it's because there's something about them. It's um, it make me feel something. There's something. They're so interesting. There's it's something about them. It's there are some shows that are incredibly technically dance heavy, and that is a Different skill. I'm not gonna be in those shows. But even still, they are telling a story. Musical theater is telling a story. For sure. It's not just a dance piece ever. Like, you want to be able to employ more than
0: one of your talents. Definitely. And you've been able to do that then, yes. haven't
1: you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. You know, I did Dirty Run Scandals on Broadway. I was in the ensemble. Then I had I was auditioning to I think, be an understudy for a, a, a job in that same production. And when I went to that audition for, to be this understudy, they said, actually, we'd like to hire you to play this role on the tour. So I was a principal on the tour mm-hmm. that's when I was playing that, which was really exciting for me, and it was a great role, and it was fun to do this tour. But the truth is, playing that role, which was a big deal, or being in the back on the ensemble on Broadway, it's the same. It doesn't matter if you are the star of the show and saying all the lines by yourself, and or if you're in the back of 20, you perform the exact same way and you get the same feeling, and I think of it as the same. It's, it's fulfilling to me in the same way. Do you think that's true of your other colleagues? I don't know. Probably not all. For me, of course, if everyone doing this profession loves musical theater, obviously. I don't know that everyone is a fan in the same or still boasts about being a fan in the same way, and that I love it. Mm-hmm. So I am mm-hmm. so thankful every day I get to walk in a stage door, I get to walk on stage. I am thankful, there's no place I want to be. There's no complaint in me to feel like, oh, I wish I was doing that part instead. I wish I was that. I don't know if that is everyone or not.
0: That speaks volumes, especially because you're just not in this profession for 20 minutes, that every day, you wake up you can't wait to get to work
1: yes I I was on a panel speaking um, for a, there's a Broadway convention that comes to town Broadway con and someone was asking they said, oh you've done you know you've I'm an I'm a seasoned performer by now <laughs> um, so you've done all these shows you're you know have been in New York for a long time It's hard to be in a long-running show. How do you keep it fresh? How do you still want to do the show after over a year performing in a show or things like that? And everyone had a different response. And I, it's so s- simple to me. I live on the Upper West Side and I walk to work every day. It's probably 40 blocks. It probably takes me a half hour. On that walk, I have music playing. It's musical theater songs on shuffle. And I'm walking through the city, walking past Lincoln Center, you know, walking, heading into Times Square, hearing this music. And it is overwhelming to me. You're giving me you goosebumps. Yeah. Just feeling. So grateful. Mm. Can you believe this is what's happening and this is what you're doing? And I take that half hour or so. I'm not texting somebody. I'm not doing anything else. I'm that is sort of my, Zen? Yeah, it's sort of my meditation in that way, in that it's just my time to just feel thankful. And I can't think but think about through my life. Every stop, every street I pass, I feel like, oh, that's I used to live in that apartment. Oh, that's that. Or I used to do that show. Or I wonder what happened to this person. I'm thinking about my life and thinking how grateful and how thankful I am. So by the time I arrive at my theater and I open that, st- that you know, it says stage door And they're going to let me come in. I feel just thankful to be there. I've been employed a lot. I've also been unemployed a lot. And I know that feeling. And I know that it's a finite time we have in this career. And I just feel thankful every single day to still be doing it.
0: That's so wonderful.
1: Not to get off that high, but have there been moments where things have not worked for you? On stage? Yes. No. I there has not been a single day of any job where I've not been happy to be there, thankful to be there. Never, ever, ever. Well, you
0: should be freaking cloned.
1: <laughs> I well, I believe I think you can practice it. I practice gratitude. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. So mm-hmm. that is something I. It's a learned. It's something naturally in me, obviously, but it's something. It's a learned. Behavior so you've never also. not
0: cursed the day that you accepted this job. Never,
1: not once, not once. Especially if it's a Broadway show. I'm not as happy out of town. I'm not as happy and think. But if it's a Broadway show, I will do anything in it, and I will do any Broadway show. And that is the truth. I, I couldn't be happier and thankful. A Chorus Line, I was lucky enough to do the revival of it, which is – I could talk forever about that scenario. But the last song in the show is "Kiss." you know, uh, What I Did for Love. Yes. I did the show when the revival. was probably eight, nine years ago. And I was thankful to do it, and I thought I understood it. I also did the show in regional theater in my hometown about two years ago, just for like a couple weeks. That song now, it hits you. It hits me every day now. I really – I am at the place, age, in my career where I understand that. And the lyric particularly, the gift is ours to borrow. Mm-hmm. And I really get that this is – Leading? Yeah, it is. And I've managed to make it a long one so far. I've, mm-hmm. But it's – It it won't last. In this way, maybe I can navigate into different ways in it, and maybe I can transition out of that. But I'm not going to be able to dance forever, specifically. And so I am thankful every single day that I still am doing it. You make me think of
0: the conversation that I had with the New York City ballet dancer, Wendy Whelan, who I positively loved. A documentary was made about her called Restless Creature. Mm -hmm. I think that she just assumed... She was going to dance forever, and I believe that she had to end her career when she was 46 or 47 and she had a hip injury. And the joy that her profession gave her and how every day – I'm not saying that she woke up and felt blessed, but she just loved it so much. But it came to an end. Yeah. Now, that would be a difference for you because there will be a point where you may not be able to, you know, fly through the air – Um, or tap your heart out, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you can't continue working.
1: I hope so. And I feel like I'm hyper... I've been hyper aware of that for a while, and so I've consciously made a body decision to sort of... of, I try try and dance less. I've been Mm -hmm. trying to dance less for a while rather Mm -hmm. than keep pushing it as long as I can't feel like I have a couple more years to dance. I feel like I'm going to let that go, and I'm going to really show people I'm more of an actor-singer. I've already... trans. I'm sort of trying to trick the... The business into that I've already transitioned and that I'm – and it's sort of working. working. Yeah, I hope. You know, who knows? Will you
0: share how old you are? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, you're so okay. You're okay with your pa- the past. You're okay with the present. And you're clearly okay with the future.
1: I hope I get to do this forever. And it's just, it's also the reason – that a couple years ago, I decided I'm going to be as broad as possible in this business. Instead of pigeonholing myself, I'm just going to keep being broader. Meaning I started, I've done a lot of associate directing, choreography work, and things like that. I can do a lot of things. I've been a dance captain a lot of times, which you're maintaining the show. And I'm good at, I like doing that, having that authority. And really, I can maintain a lot of aspects of the show. So I keep myself as broad in that way. I would love to still, I like being on stage the most. But I also just like working on Broadway. And so whatever I can do to do that, I will do. I was going to
0: ask about that. Would you like to branch off and do, for example, more choreographing? I would be more
1: into directing than choreographing. The directing side of things Mm -hmm. I do enjoy more. I'm open to it. I started really expanding in that and working a lot in, in that way a couple of years ago to sort of see if that I thought that was going to be a, a fit for me. And it is and could be. You don't have to
0: be defined by it. It, it, yeah. it doesn't have to replace this. But. yeah well,
1: Yes, and I, I feel like a lot of people think you have to do one or the other. I right. actually think people right. do, and so I am trying. Maybe I'm naive. I'm trying to still be open that I can do it all. So, like, currently right now, I'm in a Broadway show, and I that's a full-time job as an actor. I'm also... An associate director of a show, a little show coming up at Encore's. It's coming up. I'm trying to keep myself open, and I do everything I can when I can, and and happy to do it. Happy to keep myself. Forgive working. this pun.
0: Do you feel like you're dancing as fast as you can?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yes and no. In a way, it that sounded sounded like I was really hustling a lot, but I no I, no. In a way, yes, and in a way, I uh, if I'm around and free, yes, I do it. And I also have a tremendous amount of balance in my life. I enjoy a lot of downtime. I enjoy a lot of, you know, I sort of... You made it work for you, woman. It's working. Yeah, it's it, working. On the gossip side, yes. what's it
0: been like to uh, be in a show with some of the bold face names? I'm thinking particularly of Bette Midler, who starred in the revival of Hello, Dolly. I'm sure there are other massive names that you could
1: share. But has that been um, a hoot and a half? Oh, it's fantastic. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So I've worked with several people that I've been a huge fan of, um, and it's— Unbelievable to and be not disappointed to be no. with
0: massive egos. Or... No,
1: it's, you know, sometimes they say you, you don't want to, you know, meet your heroes or th- you know, yeah. whatever mm-hmm. that expression is. Yeah, right. Which I understand. It is different than, you know, you might have this fantasy of, and then we're going to be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. Although some, one person in particular has become an incredibly dear friend of mine that it's such a surprise and such a gift in my life at someone who I was such a fan of. And we become incredibly, incredibly close. So it's wonderful. And those moments aren't lost on me either in the same way that in a rehearsal room, if I'm not being used, if I'm in the ensemble I'm not being used, I'll sneak right back in and watch that rehearsal and watch that star or whatever at work because it's a gift to be in that room in with. In the presence. Per- yeah, mm-hmm. it's,
0: it's incredible. So you haven't worked with any divas?
1: Uh, you know, everyone has their moments, Um, but you're very diplomatic. (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm seeing this microphone in front of me, so I'm aware (laughs) of who I'm speaking to. No, uh, I've actually had only positive experiences is, is the truth. And as being um, a dance captain, which has put me in a place where it's, I'm responsible once the show opens, that director and choreographer are gone. It's up to me and the stage manager to maintain that show. With that star, so I've had these really interesting, close connections with that celebrity, with that star of maintaining their show, and they, and there is a trust and a balance. And I've I've been lucky to have some experiences like that. Talk about being a dance captain; you really are the person in charge uh, with the stage manager as well. But once that creative team leaves, it's you, and so you're maintaining the show weekly through notes or things like that, or replacements that come into the show, or adjustments that have to be made. It's you, so you have to learn. The entire show, you know, everybody's part, you know, every, and it's navigating not only the steps or the blocking or things like that. The truth of it for me, which made me my success as Dance Captain, is I'm good at navigating people and their personalities. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you are working with a lot of stars, a lot of brand new chorus member who's never been in a show before. You're working with navigating that is what I'm good at.
0: So in other words, you're not just showing up at the theater before a certain performance and get dressed and go on stage. No, there
1: comes a lot of work and responsibility, you know, and you're rehearsing a lot during the day. You're there at that theater all the time. Thank God I love it because I don't like it. Yeah, it it. sounds really Um, intrusive. But you're there a lot and there's a lot, there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of time. But I... That part is enjoyable to me because the reward of it is having those sort of special connections with those actors. So it has been incredibly rewarding for me in, in that way.
0: Has that also happened that you've been in a hit, let's say, like, Hello, Dolly, and all of a sudden you'll get a call, Hey, Jennifer, we'd love to have you star in
1: blah, 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 or be part of the cast of something um, else. I still audition for everything, and I'm mm-hmm. still there. But I am in a point in my career, I will – there are only – slight perk maybe of being around for so long is that i do have uh great relationships with some directors and choreographers who will just think of me and ask for me and use me particularly i'm working i've been working right now with um the choreographer warren carlisle and we've done i think six shows together as well as i've assisted him i did this hugh jackman show with him in mm-hmm. australia with just warren and hugh and so that's been nice he's very good to me and and not always. There's plenty of times when there's not a spot for me in his show, but he is somebody who knows me and, you know, I have that relationship. So I've been lucky and thankful sometimes, but basically you're there at the audition with everyone else just hoping for your next to slot be is the truth. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap up this
0: conversation, anything you want to share about the future?
1: I, I hope the future is, is this. I I know that things will change and evolve and grow. I just hope I can keep... Plugging along the way I have been and I hope it's a similar future. I hope it is is this.
0: Well we hope so too. And the way to end that is with why not.
1: Thank you. Yeah, hope so.
0: There's more Jennifer Foot <laughs> in our futures. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. me today. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein.